Welcome everyone to the Time to Unwind podcast and today we have a special treat for you, do we not? It is the second part of our two-parter. Last week we started discussing which cars and watches we would buy if suddenly a fairy godmother came and left us certain amounts of money to spend on our two favourite things. As a reminder of the rules, for cars you're allowed four categories for each, cars and watches. For cars, you're allowed to spend firstly up to 5k, so what car would you buy for up to 5k, then up to 10k, then up to 20k, then up to the big one, 100k. Same rules applies for watches, but watches tend to, on the whole, be a little bit cheaper than cars. It obviously depends on which watches you're buying, but you know, let's assume for the purpose of this exercise that the watches are a little cheaper than cars. So the prices have gone down, but they're still in proportion. For watches, which watch would you buy up to 500 pounds? Which watch would you buy up to 1K, 1,000 pounds, up to 2K, and finally up to 10K? Now, I'm here with the regular crew, John, Tim, and Ben. Say hello, guys. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hey. So I should put in a little bit of background straight away. Last week's podcast, if you haven't heard of that, myself and uh, John uh, made our choices as to which cars we would buy and, and watches we would buy under the following price categories. And it's fair to say that our choices attracted a fair bit of, um, let's say, comment and appreciation. So now it's our time to, to return the favour because in the chair today are Tim and Ben. They've um, been researching which cars and watches uh, they are going to be putting on their list and we look forward to hearing what they will be. We'll be finding out about that very, very shortly. But first of all, before we begin the fun and games in that respect, what's been catching our eyes or inspiring us this week? We've got a lot to get through. So um, I know, and I'm the first person to be guilty of this, of so rabbiting on. So let's, let's try and keep this bit reasonably succinct, and then we'll move on to the cars and watches. Tim, provide us with inspiration. What has been floating your boat this particular week? Uh, well, I've been kind of continuing our theme of being ridiculously late to things that have uh, been released. And I, I started that theme. I mean, like, sort of, I was watching, I mean, I'm finishing normal people now. That's how oh, late okay. I am. Yeah. And the zeitgeist. The zeitgeist has sort of gone. I think I might be even further back. I, I've only just started Killing Eve, which I think was released a few years ago. Um, and that's pretty good. I, I kind of after I watched the first episode, I kind of thought it was a, is a bit like Luther, but with a female lead. Um, and there's actually quite a lot of female characters in it. So that's quite, quite nice uh, to kind of see. Uh, it's, it's basically like a, a murder kind of assassination type TV program, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, with a slightly different theme and it, it's, it's kind of like more like harsh edits and harsh, harsh cuts and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, it's, I think it was a BBC series. Uh, it's been out for a few years. I think they're on like series three or four or something at the moment. Um, so I'm only one episode in, but it's really good. I, I've been surprisingly enjoying it. So I'd recommend giving it a go. I actually did give it a go, but I only got through one episode before finding it a little bit too weird. Maybe I wasn't concentrating. <laughs> it, what was weird not, about it? Well, it, it seems to... it's quite out there. Yeah, it's, it's out there, as Tim says. What I found quite weird about it is, um, Tim, you mentioned the harsh edits. So um, I found it all a bit sort of uh, more than a harsh edit, not really understanding why one bit came after the first bit. So I guess I found sort of like, yeah, sort of joining the dots quite hard to follow. Right. 
Yeah, I, I've seen a few people I know have said they had, had to watch it a few times to kind of get behind it. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of something different. So Sounds good. Something different. Ben, what's been inspiring you this week? Uh, this week or last week, in fact, I was inspired by a, let's say, a heroic tale of <laughs> friendliness uh, where a single man has shown to us that you should be friendly in all situations even when you're being pranked on a tv show oh no so you might oh, know no, what yeah. this is i i will link the video it's up to you if uh you want to share it with people and reveal your identity but essentially while scrolling through facebook during my uh, lunch break i came across a uh, some clips from impractical jokers which was a a new york based uh, comedy program where they do like public pranks and uh, just so happened to stumble across anthony in one of the pranks, who didn't know that it existed. <laughs> you know, it's great. You know you've arrived when you've got a shameful moment on TV from your past that you don't even know about. But you're incredibly <laughs> friendly, even though it was a pretty strange uh, interaction that they were giving you. And so, It was. We'll put it up I on the show inspiring. notes so we can watch. Um, as a background <laughs> to it, yeah, it's, um, I only remembered it now, and it was in New York, and of course, Americans are very friendly, so you have to be quite friendly back, but I, f I did find the whole, uh, the whole situation a little bit surreal. Do you remember it? Do you remember thinking, like, what is this bloke doing? Why is he just saying, Do you know what? Wow, I just thought, I, I thought he was drunk, um, so <laughs> it was like in Central Park, it was in New York, and you get a lot of people who are just like hanging around either high on crack or drunk. And I assumed, I thought it's weird actually, because I thought, you know, he actually looks quite respectable for a crackhead. <laughs> but thinking back about it, yeah, yeah, it was obviously a sort of reason for that. And where he'd hidden his camera, I have no idea because none of us spotted it. So. Yeah, they've got quite a crew behind them on that yeah. program. They, there's, there's loads of them. It was quite clever. It was quite clever. So just thought no. what an amazing coincidence that I'm just happened to be watching this <laughs> random clip of a TV show I've never really seen before. Yeah. And then I happened to see you. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? It, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it surprised both of us, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's worth watching. That's funny. Cool. Well, very quickly, what's inspired me this week is it's actually a watch and it's something that I think we sort of like discussed briefly, um, Ben, on, on WhatsApp. A, a, week or two ago it's been out for a little while it's the Mido ocean star decompression timer rainbow diver do you know the one i mean uh yep. i yeah i feel oh. like we i've seen I, 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 will, I will stick up a link to it uh it's got rainbow in the name so that's it's got right well do you know what I'm i thought of it. you i thought of you when um <laughs> when 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 oh I yeah this one yeah this is a cool watch Exactly. I thought it was really cool. It's sort of obviously, you know, a summer watch. It's got these summer colours. And um, it's the original watch was from uh, 1961. Uh, and that was more or less the time when people started scuba diving. So, you know, diving became a thing there. Mm. Um, but it was out of production by 1965. So it's something that people haven't seen for a while. Um, and I think it's really cool. The, the new version of the watch, it's, it's, it's very, very different. And technically, it's, it's modern. So, you know, uh, the, the 65 is just about the look, really. Stainless steel case, it's 40.5 millimeter size. Um, and uh, it's, other than that, it's pretty much the original design. Screw down crown, one-way turning bezel, 
200 meter water resistance. So it's not that water resistant compared to some uh, scuba diving watches out there, but it's still pretty impressive. Um, fitting for the era that it's looking back upon. It's yeah. absolutely fitting to the era. That's that's it. And um, the rainbow colours, the colours look very pretty, but of course they're there for a serious purpose. If you're a scuba diver, it just basically is is letting you know your 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 levels of oxygen that are left, and the window you've got to get back up to the surface and so forth. If you don't do that, you end up with the uh, the bends. So that's what the explanation behind the colours is. I must admit, I'm not a diver, um, but I like dive watches. Having said that, I'm not a pilot and I like pilot watches too. So I think uh, you don't have to be sort of fully into the habits that the, uh, or the activity that the watch depicts to appreciate it. It's very, very much out there, um, but I like it a lot. What does everyone else think? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting release. I like it. Can you put a link? Somebody put a link. Yeah, I think there is one on there. I think it's really cool as well. The original watch is... It's pretty interesting that it pays homage to. I'm not sure if I'd actually own it, um, just because it doesn't seem very wearable or versatile. Yeah, you probably think, want a bit of a collection, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, I, th I think it's a nice yeah, piece that sits in a collection Yeah, for like that specific purpose to look back on that time. But nice. But don't think it's a daily watch. It's not a daily watch, no, no, or, or sort of like you'd be having quite a strange day if it yeah. was a daily watch. If I wanted a rainbow watch and I wanted to wear it daily, I w it wouldn't be that one. Be Which you obviously <laughs> do want. rainbow Daytona. You do oh. obviously want a rainbow watch. You know this. <laughs> obviously. You know this. John, before we move on to the even more serious business of cars and watches, what has inspired you this week? Be it a watch, a car, or something else entirely different? Um, I've been really enjoying watching a programme on the BBC. Uh, it's on the iPlayer and it's called The Rise of the Murdoch Dynasty. Ah, you mentioned this, yes. It's, it's all about Rupert Murdoch and his empire and his interaction with various other people. Um, and I found it absolutely fascinating. It's a three-part uh Pretty sure it's a three-part program. I've been, yeah, because there's, there's a, but they haven't put all of them in. You can't binge watch it all at the moment because they haven't all been on. So there's two, uh, as we speak at the moment, there's two episodes available, and I've watched them both, and I'm eagerly awaiting the third. Um, so that's yeah. Anybody who's interested in business or politics or um. Dirty dealings, I suppose. I say corruption. Corruption, yeah. It's got there's all sorts in it. There's all sorts in it, and it's just, and I'd forgotten a lot of it actually, you know, and, and how outrageous some of it was, and um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what's coming in the third part, but I'm really looking forward to it. That sounds nice. quite interesting. Um, Tim, we've got obviously the Watch Gecko Online magazine. We've got this podcast. We've got um, a YouTube channel. We're, we're truly multimedia. Do you think we can build up a Murdoch-like media empire using some of the lessons we learned from the program? Uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, let's get a case study out of the program once John's done. You can get a few notes down. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, I think let's get some first... notes going. First step towards being Rupert Murdoch is to marry someone about 40 years younger than you, I think. I think that's the first step. And then you, you build from there, don't you? I might be tricky for Tim. I say, we're, we're both going to struggle. <laughs> well, that's, we'll have to save it for later. <laughs> Never mind. On with the show. Let's, um, 
let's move on to watches and cars. So as I mentioned at the start of this podcast, we've each got a certain budget totaling £148,500 in total to spend on watches and cars for the purpose of this exercise. But um, the bad news is you can't spend £148,500 in one go. We've got certain limits. Um, and these, let's start with the first one, which will be cars. And you've been given, each of you, Ben and Tim, up to £5,000 to spend on a car. What's it going to be? Go on, Ben. Go on, Ben. Go, Go on, Ben. Play your, play your, no, your hand yeah. first. Okay, sure. I was, I was going to say the same thing, but you beat me to it. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I will send a link over. Um, so, my choice is a BMW E46 330ci. Oh, uh, so very like Ben's uh, choice. Yeah, the car is known as kind of like the baby M3 for the E46 range. Um, so, it uses their three litre straight six engine kicking out about 230 240 horsepower um so it's pretty quick compared to the the cost um because obviously if you wanted an m3 it'd be much superior in terms of a is that your car anthony speed it's not no no it's, it's not dissimilar to mine but my dad quite similar. it's quite similar <laughs> to mine. my dad had one which was pretty much identical to that one but in black and I can right. vouch, having driven it i can vouch for the fact that is a great choice Absolutely great choice. Bargain a, BMW. Yeah, that's bargain BMW. Car, isn't it? For four and a half mm. grand, that's a lot of car, yeah. isn't it? The, this was not the first listing that I found. Uh, unfortunately, the other one had sold. But you can get a club sport variant, which gives you, I think, different alloys um, and then like an upgraded trim package. Those ones are a bit rarer and a bit nicer looking. Um, yeah, there, was, nice. there was one for under five, but now I can't see one. So I'll choose this because it's... Uh, yes. Important for it to be manual as well. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Tim, me. you've got no. This is great, Tim. You've got a job to beat this one. Uh, yeah, well, I've kind of copped out, and oh my god! So what's happening well, next? Let's see. Well, we're we're in the first round, and I'm already bending the rules. I, I've actually have decided that I'm going to use the five thousand and spend it elsewhere. So I don't have a car. I, oh, okay. I, I can uh, find one. I destroyed you. Uh, exactly. Yeah, he was. Don't give him any more airtime, Anthony. Ben, what was your next choice? <laughs> I, think, I, I think. I think. Tim had a car, but he knows he's going to lose this particular oh, challenge. Uh, in my in my notes, up to five k x. I, I genuinely. That's ridiculous. There was nothing that interests me enough to to want to spend five grand on it. Are you too good for a five grand car? No, I just if I would just I'd get the bus and spend the money on the watch or spend it on a more expensive car. Oh god. <laughs> ben, what's your next one? I'm copying it. Rinse. Sorry. Absolutely rinsed. All right. I'll save it. I'll save with watches. So again, this choice <laughs> uh was not Oh, are we on cars up to 10k? Yeah, so I'll move yep. on to cars, cars up to 10k. 10K. Then, 10K. then Tim cool. can talk after a little bit, after his shame passes. Um, so my <clears> my <throat> first choice was this car, also in manual, um, but it was black rather than this slightly disgusting blue. Uh, and I will show you. Not too dissimilar to um, John's choice at the 10k, but it's a Cayman instead of that a Boxster. That is very blue. Um, yeah, so the blue's a bit a bit much potentially. Uh, and this one's really high mileage compared to the other one that I had seen. And the pictures are shockingly bad. Apart from um, that, great. But yeah, apart from that, 
classic Porsche looks with a 3.4 litre manual. Um, I think it's uh, yeah around 300 brake horsepower, so going up in power compared to the 5k choice and going up in looks, I'd say. Uh, mm. Just thought it was a pretty cool car for the money. That looks cool. I'm liking that as well. Um, I'm liking that as well. I do particularly like your Porsche sticker down the side, just so people, in case they didn't know what it was, that is a Porsche. Just in case they thought it was a yeah. Beetle. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd take that off. I think, I'd, I'd also I take that off and I'd probably wrap it in a in another colour or just scrape off that blue because anything would look better. But How much are you going to pay for your wrap? Five quid. That's all I've got mm. left. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when you, I can see he's wrapped his number plate. Has he? Yeah. Um, so is that is it the same kind of wrap you're talking about then? Yeah, like cling film with maybe some like permanent marker underneath it. Yeah, it, well, nice. it's like brown parcel tape is what he's put yeah. over the plate. So it's that kind of that's your wrap. Okay. But but do you know what? In in defence of this Porsche, the Carreras of the sixties, they did have the Porsche. Writing oh, I know it's. Um, yeah, I know, I just, it is authentic. It's not you know. It's not gone down to Halfords. Yeah, and, they they look better yeah. on the eighties cars. I think this on is, this is a bad not. No. Bad interpretation. I, yeah, I, um, okay. Now, so, I, li I like the choice. All I'll say here, Ben, is that I reckon, I mean, it's it's a 10 grand car and it's great for 10 grand, but, but I reckon you could get one that's done less than 112,000. Yeah, exactly. The, the first, according to this advert, it's 44k miles above yeah. average. Now, that, that seems quite a lot. So With this one, I, I just tried to get, show a nice yeah. image, but the first, the first one that I saw was, a, I think it was around 60 or 70k miles. Uh, and it was just a nice metallic, like glossy black color, um, in, in a nicer condition. And that, and it was well, excellently, it was excellently photographed. But unfortunately, we've uh, delayed the link too long, and now it's muggy. sold. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I still, I guess. I mean, I could use Tim's five grand, I guess, to wrap it. You, you um, absolutely could. You absolutely could. And either that or Tim could sell us to Reliant Robbins and uh, <laughs> or whatever it was he was too ashamed <laughs> to tell us about and put the proceeds towards uh, wrapping Ten your Rover car. 400s. Yeah. It'll be something like that, won't it? It'll <laughs> be sort of Aura showroom condition Nissan Bluebird. Time warp mileage, 600 miles. You know you want one, not. Um, Tim. Time for redemption. Time for See, redemption. What would you what would you spend? This has got to be good. This has got to be good. Up to 10k on a car, what would it be? See, I think I think that's a nice choice from Ben, but I think for that you can you can get a real icon. You can get something that real he's icon. only going to appreciate in price. Ben well, why does this have me worried? <laughs> you're gonna this beat me in a race. Worried. You're definitely gonna beat me in a race. Is this a rainbow daytona? But in terms of of coolness and practicality and uh, can't time, timeless style. It is I'll a cool a, car. I'll have a Defender. But you don't fit the personnel of the Land Rover owner. Notice I didn't say that to you with a Porsche. Yeah. What's wrong no, with a Defender the, driver? No, but like they're cool and you're too posh to spend five grand on a car. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing too is that um, it's a great idea to spend. Uh, I mean, it's not a bad price nine 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 five. That's quite a lot of miles. It's quite a lot of miles, know, but it can go for hundreds of thousands. Well, it is. You, you will need another ten grand to fix it. Is well, the that's thing why because I, that's why I've got the five grand left over, so I can do up bits. I can swap out the seats. I can upgrade the steering wheel. It can be a bit of a, a project. 
Yeah. That's, my theory. Well, that's, that's not bad, but I, mean, I think to set aside five grand to run it with is probably a good idea mm. under these circumstances. That's very nicely photographed, though. I was going to say thanks, then, but then I've got pictures. <laughs> yes, they are. Well done, <laughs> Auto Trader Lister. <laughs> no, that it's, is cool. Cool one. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a cool car. I like the snorkel on it. Yeah, exactly. I thought, I mean, like I said, they're iconic, they're timeless. I think they'd be a bit of an experience if you own them. It's the sort of car that you can, like, learn everything about and if anything goes wrong you can be like i can fix this would you Um, like go cross country from eversham to work uh i would i would take it off road i don't know if i would go necessarily as the crow flies okay certain places but you like i said you can upgrade parts as you go um and yeah it's it's a nice color that would be i think that'd be my pick i get the whole um land rover defender scene but i think objectively they are terrible value for money because, I mean, they're good value for money in that you'll get that money back. Mm-hmm. But to spend 10 grand on basically a truck with four gears. Yeah, you're buying a tractor. I don't quite get. John, you seem to have been quite silent about this one. Here we go. Is it because you're so appalled or is it just quite admiration? Isn't that reading, the ultimate car for an explorer? Reading the ad. Someone who might yes. wear an explorer you, one might own a. Thanks. You can't, you can't go against that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really like it. That or the Porsche. Yeah, I mean, to, to yeah. be fair, I think sort of, um, Ben, I loved your choice of BMW, but unfortunately, um, Tim might actually, believe it or not, make some money out of this choice because yeah. the values of these things seem to be going up and up and up. But never mind. Speaking of values going up and up and up, let's double the stakes. Let's say you now have £20,000 to spend on a car. Okay. Ben, your, your last choices were great. How can you top this? So this one is €18,000, so I've got a bit of money left over for much-needed maintenance. Um, so with this one, I used Auto Scout 24, which is, this is a great inspired by you. Cars. Great so place to look at cars. Here you go. So this is a... Oh, yes, an edgy please. choice. Uh, so it's a, Love it. a rally-equipped Alfa Romeo GTV6. Um, if you're familiar with, with the car and the engine, I'll link I a YouTube have... video where you can hear some sounds of what these things sound like, but they're pretty insane. And I just thought, if a fairy godmother's giving me the money, why not? <laughs> That's pretty amazing. So obviously... Um, v6 engine um uh, really really sort of hard to find now particularly in the uk you really have to go to scouts like sites like auto scout to find them and this one does look to be in particularly good condition um i quite like the fact that it's sort of rally prepared um and it's sort of seriously rally prepared i see there's even a trip meter for your co-driver so um yeah you're you're off and ready to go yeah i really like it um, I absolutely like it. I probably, if it were me, but you know, everyone sees things differently. I'd probably like something that was a little bit more original. So probably sort yeah, of. Those uh, can't be. Yeah, yeah. Something. Yeah. Probably something that was <laughs> a slightly more subtle road car. So I like the thinking. Um, the execution, possibly, I'd, I'd, I'd oh, personally look at man. slightly differently. Funnily enough, there wasn't a massive variety of rally equipment. No, GTV6 is. Uh, 
there, so. there probably wasn't. So you know what I would probably do? I would probably go for that and I would spend the three the grand money, yeah. taking out all the rally stuff. But you know, wheels like that, seriously, if you buy a rally car or anything like that, the wheels like that, the trips, the seats, they've all got a value. So you mm. could probably restore that car to pretty much original spec without spending ex any extra money simply by selling the bits you don't want. Yeah, and um, it would be worth a lot more in the UK exactly. as well. Exactly. So no, I think that's that's a good choice. Um, I'd probably look for a more original one first if it were me. But I like the thinking. Doesn't look very comfortable. As, though, as you have to go to Europe to grab it, it'd be nice to rally it back. Mm. Would um, it? Yeah. Brought your back probably. No. Nah. John, any right. comments on that one? Um. Watch the YouTube video. Uh. I. Mm. That's basically a no, isn't it? <laughs> it's sounding that way, isn't it? <laughs> to be fair, um, yeah, no, it's not. It's not my kind. I, yeah, I'm not, I, don't, I don't like it. No. it was, it's not a Porsche. John doesn't <laughs> like it. Not, um, not Explorer. So, if we move back to uh, Sir Ralph Fiennes, aka Tim, and his Defender, um, what? Um, if we bring you back from the South Pole for a minute, what? What have mm -hmm. you got for us for up to twenty k? Well, I've, uh, I'm not going to introduce it, I'm just going to send it and you can have a look. Uh, it's an Audi S3 2016 saloon version. Uh, oh, this is intriguing. This is intriguing. Okay. Oh, God. Most boring car miles. ever created. That's it's cool. black, so I wouldn't have chosen that colour. There's a, there's a nice grey one you can get. Is that um, the colour your wife has, John? Um, she it? doesn't have the boot bit. Ah, right. So, it, it, and that's not the S3 version. Not the S, no, it's yeah. not the S3. So it's the S line, which is like the the one that looks like that. But the middle sport. It's not the yeah. yeah. So it's kind of sporty trim. All right. Mm -hmm. um, but like why the, have you gone? Why have you gone for the the Mondeo Man version though? I mean, this just this makes no sense at be, all. Because the the hatchback version looks a bit mummy, like mumsy, like just. Throwing all the, the shopping in the back, and it's this is uh, is that this is the, the cool brand version? Possibly, possibly it's a bit of the brand. <laughs> I mean, I'd say that if the hatchback looks a bit mummy, this looks a bit granddaddy. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Does it say Quattro on the front? Uh, no, no. All oh, right, I was going to say that would be cool if it did, but is this four wheel drive? Uh, yeah, I think they are. Okay. Oh, it, yeah, it does say quite nice. right, yeah. So this one's 47,000 miles. Again, a bit like Ben, I did have another one, but the listing yeah. disappeared. All right. Um, you've got uh, two, <laughs> nearly 300 horsepower. You've got five doors, so you can use it. You've got, about, ideally, a metallic blue or like a Nardo. There is a Nardo grey you can get, which is quite a nice colour. Um, yeah, that would make it look a bit more... Yeah, the Nardo grey is really I nice. I, what I like about this car is that it's, it is under the radar. Like, it does just look like a generic car but then if you know what you're looking at and you know your sporty Audis and BMWs and that sort of thing you know it's 300 odd horsepower and um, it has like a subtle aggressive look or subtle aggressive touches I think um, so yeah I'll, I'll have one of them and I think for the price 19 grand that's not too bad I think they retailed like 45 or something like that wow really yeah it was something like that they're pretty Price is not bad, but you could you, you can get a very very nice BMW for the same money. Yeah, but which is a, a proper sports car. Yeah, you got a better car. That's weird. 
I'm never going to win this because I've got I'm against three people who have all got BMWs. <laughs> but there's uh, there's a nice uh, grey version. So what what does it look like? Can you give us a link with the other body style, the one that John was on about? The S line. No, the. So this is the, the Monday version. version. The, is, yeah, is, the oh, version. you want the hatchback? Okay. Just to compare. Yep, I can get that. It sort of looks like um, a golf that's eaten too much. The hatchback version. Or an estate that, when it grows up, it wants to be an estate. Yeah. Uh, As opposed to this one, which, when it grows up, it wants to be a BMW. Yeah, no. <laughs> mm. um, oh, I agree. Stunned silence. Stunned yeah. silence. I mean... I mean, it's okay. It's okay, yeah, it's right. but but you know, it's, it's not really going to make you sort of like quiver at night with anticipation of driving it to work the following day. I suppose Ben Ben's would, but you'd quiver in the fact that you'd be concerned that it probably wouldn't start, and you'd probably realise you wouldn't actually. Isn't be that to the work. point? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> part of the Italian car ownership experience. Exactly. You know, well, I've got that in the Defender. Yeah. Yeah, okay. but so the you... thing is, the Alpha's from Milan. The Defender's from Solihull. Uh, okay. Mm. You just can't really compete with the cool. <laughs> and it's it's part of the whole Italian car ownership experience. That's true. I mean, I um. You don't want a car that works, Tim. No, no. I once had a, a Fiat Uno, which was a terrible car. But the hilarious thing was, it was a special edition Fiat Uno, and I think it was like the base model, and it was called the Fiat Uno Start. And I've never met a more inappropriately named car in my life. <laughs> it rarely started. So anyway, that's that one uh, slated. So finally, another, another 100k. Yeah, 100K. Ben, what have you got? Okay, so potentially a predictable choice. Um, Maybe a Ferrari, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> there is a nice gloss black, not red, John. Um, Testarossa uh, here. I've, I've got you beaten here. There's no way. There is no. Have you cho Have you gone for a testosterone in red? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I don't. Know. This, got, this is cream interior, Ben. There is no yep. con. There's no contest. Hmm. No, I'll wait and see. That, that, oh yeah, we'll see. Well, I'll wait and see. Continue explaining it, Ben. Sorry. Um, does it need explanation? No. It's a black testosterone. It's, it's a testosterone. It's not as good as a red one. Just. That's fine. It's like, a, it's like a red Testarossa, but but not as good for people with taste. Or no, <laughs> no. Tim, what's yours? Um, okay, well, that's mine. It is a Porsche from nineteen seventy six nine eleven Turbo. Oh, it's Anthony's choice. It's over right. budget. It's over budget. Yeah, but I've I've got money no, left over. From, no, you from haven't. Stuff. You haven't. Five K. I haven't bought no. a car for five K. I mean, you might have some very good negotiating skills. Um, you wait until we get onto the watches, because <laughs> uh, I know Ben's done something with some of the rules there as well. Mm. I have see no the best car. There's the best one. So is that your 100k choice? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like it. Grand that's a three, four, eight. That's not even a Testarossa. That's no. a fake Testarossa. <laughs> <laughs> no. Ah. It looked good that's, in Miami in the 80s. That, yes. That is the car. That'll look good cruising into work. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, how much was yours? Uh, less than... It wasn't, yours was 89. Less than 100k, less than Tim's. This is 89, so... I can buy so mine. For mine an, extra, an extra five grand over John's, you get the actual real car. 
Um, yeah, but it's right, it's the wrong color. Mm, I mean, so if you, if you compromise yourselves red. for just three I'll minutes, just one again, just to reiterate it. I'm just yes, looking I'm, something up. Mine was the uh, 1976 911 three liter turbo. And it's not like any other Porsche that always looks the same. This one is, is unique with like a crazy spoiler setup. And... You'd probably die driving that, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> right, I mean, you've got a rally car thing with, yeah, I'd also with aftermarket die. alloys that you'd probably die yeah. from. But dying in an Italian car is cool. Oh, okay. German, oh, I, forgot, I forgot that rule. Yeah. But the Ferrari 348, I was just looking um, The at, baby Ferrari. Uh, the baby Ferrari. Um, it's, I was looking at an article in uh, Car and Driver, um, very well-respected American magazines, and the title of the article is These Are the Worst Ferraris Ever Made. Um, now, it's not quite yep. the worst, according to their score. Um, that, I, I guess they talk about a black Testarossa, probably. Funny enough, they don't mention that. No. It doesn't get their airtime here. Um, it says, so back in the September 1991 issue of Car and Driver, the great Patrick Bedard, I've never heard of him, so he can't be that great, but I guess he's an American road great tester, man. compared the Ferrari 348 to a pickup truck, and the truck won. When the truck brakes come off, full boost torque is downloaded to all four wheels, Bedard reported. They barely slip. Acceleration begins with a jolt. The driver feels such a jolt that the driver feels his breakfast slosh rearward. Blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, he basically said um, that the race has just begun and already it looks like a massacre. To be fair, he was comparing the Ferrari to a turbocharged all-wheel drive 280 horsepower GMC Cyclone pickup. But he still thought that Ferrari was worse than a truck. Well, I'm very surprised to hear that. I'm very surprised to hear that. I'm, I'm... I'm going to take a lot of convincing that that car isn't the, the best way to spend <coughs> it. Testarossa is an icon. The 348 is... The Testarossa uh, is the choice, I think. It's... Not, well, not in black, though. Yeah, that cream interior looks good with black. That looks modern. I think a red Testarossa from that era it's, could look a bit dated, it's, whereas in it's black, left, it's sleek. It's left-hand drive. That's right. It's, no, it's, it's cool, <laughs> and, 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 and your Porsche would have been cool, Tim, if only it were in budget. I've, I I am saving money on mine. Why don't you but, find another one, Tim? But when it comes to budget busting, let's move on to watches and see what we've got next, because I suspect this theme is about to be repeated. So, please. I'm about to destroy this theme. Yeah. Let's start off with Ben and see what he would buy for us. Nah, no, 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 no. I showed my hand first in the. Uh, uh, fair in the enough. It's so only Tim. fair that. Tim, what would you buy for up to five hundred pounds? That is five zero zero point zero pence. So this is going to sound like me being a salesman, uh, and it's not de- it's not deliberately. Uh, but I would choose the Gakota Jump Hour. Good choice. What a compliment. Possibly the Generation One, although the Generation Two is pretty cool as well. At the um, stroke, Tim redeems himself. That's incredible. <laughs> it's as easy as that. <laughs> I'll send a link, even though I know I'm sure we all know what it is. Do um, I win this? Because that's essentially my choice. <laughs> no, you don't. Damn. Um, but yeah, I, I like the Jump Hour as soon as we got it. Um, it's a really interesting design for the price. I think you'd, you'd be hard to find a Jump Hour, be it original or even uh, a watch like this, um, for that price that is solid build quality, is reliable. Um, and it's, it's just, a, it's just a, an interesting watch for me. I think whenever as soon as I saw it, I couldn't get out of my mind sort of thing 
Um, I think the, the complication as well, or the, or the setup of the watch even is really interesting for the price point. And I think it gets people interested in what's on your wrist for people who might not uh, initially be watch people. It kind of brings up a lot of questions. So that's always quite fun to talk them through it. I think we should do a whole podcast on jump hour watches actually, because I find them beautiful to look at, mm. fascinating, but actually very intuitively easy to read. I don't know yeah. if that's a sort of common view amongst people, because I know that there are people who say, well, what does everything do? Um, but I think that's a great choice. And of course, you've got loads of change for once, because um, this watch retails at 239 which leaves okay. you with... Um, something to put towards your Porsche fund, I guess. Exactly, we're getting close. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, we're getting close. Um, See how he's justified it now. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's a strong recovery. So Ben, how are we going to counter this? One watch, please, yeah, up to on, 500 man. pounds. 500 pounds. I repeat, so, 500. That's a five with five, two zeros yeah. on the end. Yeah. Five, yeah, five Mine is a, is a four, which... Uh, great, great. So not, not 4,000, 400. Um, so for me, at this price point, I'd want something fun, that I don't need to care too much about. So this, for example, wouldn't necessarily be my choice, but I ah. would spend the 500 on eBay um, looking for interesting vintage watches. This is one that I had found, which is definitely interesting. The uh, the egg case is a bit odd. I won't lie, but I was, <laughs> I was attracted to the dial and the bezel. Uh, Yammer, also a cool brand, which we've you know been in contact with recently. Mm -hmm. Tim has, especially for the, the reviews on the... Um, on the blog and such uh, yeah i just thought this was a pretty cool watch um i'd be interested to see how it wears i'm always interested to see vintage watches to help you know inspiration for designs and different things and see how designers approach things in different eras um so yeah, that's how I'd spend the 500. That's lovely. Echoes, of course, of the Rainbow Diver that I mentioned at the beginning of the uh, podcast, exactly. I think. Yeah, of a very similar era, isn't it? Um, no, I think that's I think that's great. I think that's great. John, what are your views on uh, the vintage Yema? Um, I yeah, I do I do quite like it. How how big is it? It, I think it'd be it hard to tell how it would wear because it's wider than it it's is long. Wider than it, yeah, um, okay. So I think it it would if you look at how much it overlaps on each side, the dial must be more close to like a, a 39 mil watch. And so then without plugs, it's it's going to wear, yeah, pretty small on the rest compared to the case size. No, I think it's interesting. I think it's yeah. interesting. I, I, uh... Tim, what strap would you? What strap would you put on that watch? I'm not, not really enamoured of what's there at the moment. Mm. I mean, I think the approach of of the Tropic style is probably a good 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 line to go down. Yeah, um, if it was black. Yeah, possibly black version. I mean, a leather as well. You can't go wrong with like a chocolate brown leather. They always look really interesting on vintage divers because it's almost like they've retired from their service and they're don't need to be on a, a bracelet yeah, or a exactly. rubber. They can just be on like a comfortable leather and you can kind of just enjoy them uh, as a watch rather than a tool. Like they, Even they though I'm it, so. not necessarily a NATO guy, I think it would look pretty cool on a NATO strap as well because there aren't lugs. So it would look really a part of the strap. Hmm. Um, hmm, that'd be interesting. Could be interesting. Give it a bit of a like vintage military style. I'm, I'm thinking a, um, what about a gray and black stripy NATO? 
Yeah. Yeah, that could work. I think an olive green NATO as well could look pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely do a lot with it. That sounds that sounds good. <clears throat> well, two great choices there. Hard to hard to pick them apart, really. Um, let's move on to watches up to one k. Ben, what have you got for us? Again, a reminder, 1K, that equals 1, so, followed by three zeros, no more than three nice. zeros. Yep. That's, so ben, that's your budget. So my 1K is, let's call it a conceptual reinterpretation. So my 1K is, in my mind, oh 1 equals 5. So for my that's 1K, so for my 1K, I would buy a, a Datejust. This is the Audi S3 choice, Ben. Um, I think it's, I don't think you can buy a better watch for 5k. So yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. Mm. Okay. Slightly S3 choice, I guess, but like nice. Um, it's, it would be a really good choice if yeah. it was a part of the podcast, but it's just a bit of a random thing to have thrown out really. Cause it's obviously not a part of, you know, well, what, what, the way I had interpreted this is, um, I changed the, the budgets a little bit. Because I felt that the 1K and 2K and 10K needed a bit of a bolstering to make it more interesting. John, do we just dismiss him out the door like I we think did with so. mine? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, so. I think yeah. everyone else has played by the rules. You know, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. unless unless sort of like Ben happens to know some dodgy people who will definitely sell it for 1K, which is possible. I will. It just won't. Yeah. It will say Folex on it instead of Rolex. And it's the same people that, that will sell Tim his Porsche for 100k. <laughs> um, it's it's a great watch. I mean, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any arguing about that. I think you know. I, th I think we we all like it. Before I get disqualified yeah. from everything from now, I will no, allow. I think... I'll allow Tim to go into his 1k, and then maybe I'll slip in a genuine choice. Yeah, I mean, you, we can disqualify you completely. That's fine. It's okay. I'll, I'll come back and beat you, but I'll, I'll also present my bolstered choices as well. <laughs> this is too competitive. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you to it while I, while I find I, th I think it's all about how you basically sort of breaking the rules is, is fine as long as you convince other people that breaking the rules is fine. So if we can come up with a strong argument as to why this should be broken, that's okay. But, but Tim, what have, you, uh, what have you got for us that really, really does cost £1,000? So mine actually doesn't cost a thousand pounds. It's three hundred pounds uh, less. So uh, again, well within the rules. Um, I've gone for this is seven hundred twenty pounds, and it's the Hamilton Pilot Pioneer Mechanical. I like it. I it's like a watch that. Very that much. <clears throat> the design you can get for way less, and it will say another brand on the dial, or even Hamilton from like the seventies and stuff. But this is a modern version of a military watch that Hamilton have created over the years. Uh, they're small, they're nice and compact. Uh, they've really got quite a timeless aesthetic to them. We, we had one in uh, end of last year and spent a bit of time with it. And in fact, I wore it when, when me and Ben went to Germany. So I had quite an interesting like road test with it. Um, and they're great. They're, they're, they're really comfortable. They're kind of, if you want an everyday watch, but you don't want to go down a date just style approach or just something on a bracelet that's relatively normal or... Uh, yeah, expected, then you could get yourself this little old school kind of military watch. You've got that quirky style. Uh, you've got a good movement in it as well. As well. It's the H10 movement, so it's 80 hours of power reserve, and it's the ETA 28-24 base. Um, and yeah, just a really comfortable, interesting, unique little watch. I like it. Now, that particular watch, um, 
I came across something very similar a few podcasts ago when we were discussing eBay watches. And um, I think I found one for about sort of 350, 400 pounds. And I remember, John, you said you liked it, but a second-hand Hamilton, you thought that was too much money, I believe, at the time. Um, I, I, I can't remember. Right. I'm sorry. Do, do, do you like to watch generally? Do you like to watch generally? Uh, how much is this? How much are you proposing it is? Uh, £720. And, and I found one which was a few years old, may not have been the exact one, but it did oh, it's going back to me now. about yeah. £400, I think. And, I don't and you, you said it was nice, think, but I think you felt it was overpriced. I don't think it was the same as this one, though, was it? I don't remember now. I the Hamilton, a, they do have their field one. mechanical, mm. which what, is slightly looks different. more of a standard thing, yeah. Yeah, this this one is a newer model that was yeah more expensive, whereas a field mechanical um, is, is more of a field watch. Uh, thirty eight mil case, a bit more traditional case design in general. Um, <clears throat> we've looked at both, but this one really stood out to me. I like the choice. I like the choice. I don't think uh, and it's it does small, course... isn't it? it's, it's different, but it's a bit smaller for me. Yeah, it's. It sticks within the thousand pound budget. I think. I think it's good. No rules broken choice. here. Okay, so thanks That's for that, good. Tim. I'm going to come up with my first uh, <laughs> so here we, choice here. Here we go. Here we um, go. So Drum for this roll. one, then it's actually not too predictable from me, as it's seemingly quite large. Um, but I think the Aorus Aquis range offers really good value at that price point ah. if you go second hand. Um, a friend of ours has Lovely. some watches from the Aquis range and. Um, Due to the integrated nature of the lugs, they actually wear probably about two to three mil smaller than they actually are when you um, when you put them on. So even though I wouldn't normally wear a 43 mil watch, um, these ones do tend to wear more like just above 40. Um, and I think it's it's really interesting at that price point. You don't see many watches with a properly integrated strap, so you could switch between this rubber or if you spend a little bit extra, which we have a 200 pound wiggle room. Uh, you might also be able to get the bracelet as well. So I think it looks cool with the uh, the blue bezel as well. It's quite a classic look and something a bit different at that price point. I like the way it stands out. It is a bit different, isn't it? I really like that. Oris has been doing some great, great watches. Yeah. Um, I think it's 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 a brand which you know particularly sort of uh, in in recent years has really come into its own. Yeah, you can't. You really can't beat. Horace for that price for around that sort of price point <clears throat> it's a solid option and you've gone for one of their divers as well so it's, it's everything that is great about Horace. Right well we're moving up to the sort of uh, climax of the 2k and the 10k watches but I think uh, we might have to lose John because I know he's got another appointment soon so at the end of the show we're going to change the format around a bit normally we have a, a vote as to everyone's choices um, at the end of the show and I realise we've not quite finished yet because we've still got two watches to discuss. But from what we've seen so far, John, before we let you go, of Ben and Tim's choices, which ones get your vote and which ones do not? That's a really interesting question. Starting <laughs> with the cars, are we? We could start with the cars. We could start with the cars. So um, let's sum it up. Um, at 5K, we have, um, well... Nothing from uh, Tim and uh, a BMW from Ben. Um, it's going to really suck if I lose that one. Uh, 10K, we have um, a Porsche from uh, Ben. Very nice Porsche it was. And um, something, what was, what was your choice again for 10K, Tim? Defender. 
I don't, oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. I have to yeah. remember that now. Yeah, there's a reason. Oh, not a very out. memorable choice. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, for twenty k, we have uh, a shopping trolley from Tim, and um, something much better from Ben. Rattly, rattly one from Ben. Um, yeah, um, with a V six. I think overall, I would go with Ben's cars. I think. Um, Wrong color Ferrari, Ferrari though, wasn't it? it? Well, it was. Black Ferrari. It was. No, it was. Yeah, but so, but you didn't have Porsche. a choice at 100k or or 5k. Yeah, I think mm. there's just too too many faux pas on your part, Tim. I'm afraid for the car. So I'm going to say Ben. I'm afraid I. Winner. That's all right. I have to agree you on the, the You haven't seen my watches. I have to agree on the cast. Let's let's just run through the watches so far. What do you think, John? Um, who, who has invested uh, the money we've allocated them or, or not allocated to them in Ben's case the most wisely? I have to just remind myself very quickly of the watch choices. The Jump Power versus uh, the Yammer and the yeah. Pilot um, Pioneer versus a Horus Aquis. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a, it's a harder one for me to to pick a winner there I think there isn't anything that stands out that I really love or hate so it's it's a draw so far for me on those oh. you know I, I like both the the Oris for me just gets it um, but I do love a jump out watch so that's a draw for me too um, so it'll all come down to the last two watches well I think actually Ben has won the car challenge quite comprehensively but watches will come down to the final two so let us proceed the stakes are being upped considerably you might have to remind me of the correct budget for these last two watches Ah, just so I can uh, I can present a few options fantastic the Imelda Marcos of watches Ben has I suspect overspent so so Tim you you probably have stuck to five thousand pounds haven't you um, oh, I thought this was two, up to two thousand. So is this sorry, 2K? sorry, we're up to two k. Two k. Sorry, I'm, so, I'm, 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 I've been spending too long talking to Ben. You see, so <laughs> you know, I've got confused as to my numbers. You're right; it's up to two k. So I, uh, yeah, sure, why not? I haven't, I haven't stuck to two k. I've gone a little bit over, but again, you know, I've how, how much is a little? About a grand. Uh, and oh, come I, on, if I wasn't allowed to do it, I mean, I think it's fine. Is that? That Aquaterra, your 2K choice? Yeah. The watch that's closer to 4K than it is to 3K? Well, there's, there's two. There's a blue version, and there's also a grey version. I, okay. I've sent a few links there, but they should be, that should be both of them. So the choice is... Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, 3K for the blue. Yeah. So it's the Amiga Seamaster Aquaterra in 38mm um, coaxial movement. There's either the white with the grey, or there's the blue version, and they're... Three to three and a half. Since my 2K choice actually is valued at around 12, um, should we change it to 3K? We could, we could compromise okay, on that. So I will, I will return in a minute. We could compromise on that. I mean, I think sort of basically, um, Tim, you've, you're still busting your budget because admittedly you didn't spend a 5K on any car, but mm-hmm. then again, you spent um, 107K on the Porsche when you should have spent a hundred. So you're still 2K over, I believe. There'll be a bit of negotiation on the Porsche. Um, yeah, well, I'll be able yeah to there get, probably will be. You can yeah, probably can not. Yeah, okay, fair that. enough, fair enough, fair enough. You can get that down. Um, I, I really like um, the Seamaster in all its forms. Um, mm. uh, blue seems to be very much the color of the moment, doesn't it? It is a bit, and it, it, 
the the gray one the white and the gray one were is actually my preference out of these two and i know it's a little bit more um but whenever i pass an amiga dealer i always look for these watches i don't know why they've just always stuck in my mind as something that looked really interesting they've got that sporty that stylish design uh, ben you mentioned a date just earlier i think this is more of a yeah. modern look to that that concept. Yeah, I must admit those watches are super cool. And and they're on a. I, I actually wouldn't wouldn't get it on the bracelet. I don't. Do you know really what like they retail them. at? Uh, yeah, more than that. Um, yeah. I think they're more like five. Yeah, if it was me, I've seen these watches in person, and I think that you do have to go for the more adventurous color mm. combination. So I think that that is it. Silver the dial. Yeah, the silver uh, the, dial with yeah. the with the gray indexes would look yeah. really good. Uh, yeah, that's definitely my. The blue one I'd found in in person lacked something it's just a bit too standard to go with a slightly more modern design yeah um, i think it's a we've all seen a lot of blue but yeah oh, it no, is it's, nice to go for something it's different. a good choice it's a shame that you're gonna lose but um so, <laughs> I think so. yeah, that, that would be <laughs> and like i said I, I wouldn't get it on the bracelet i these look great on the strap um so yeah I'd, I, I need to get hands on with one at some point um i, I like it I think it's gonna take a lot to uh to uh, to to convince me personally that there's okay. something better to spend three grand on. That's 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 looking great. So on, Tim, you have? let me know if you'd rather have your watch or this. Let's see what it is. Are you going to play a card that's close? Okay, you're not. Okay, let's see what it is. Uh, I'd oh. rather have my Amiga. I think. Really? Yeah. Man, John's just left, so he can't even back you up on this one. Um, we'll go back to him. I can. I can. <laughs> we'll um, as as a a proud Ortavia owner, I'm very very torn because. What is it, Ben? Tell us. Tell us about the watch. This is oh, a yeah, yeah. 1984 Hoya Ortavia, so a proper Hoya, um, in a grey PVD. So the case is like a satin grey um, with a matching dial, and then black hands and text on top so it's kind of a low contrast it reminds me of the uh the titanium vacheron constantine that was mm. used i think recently in a mount everest climb so even though this is from the 80s the color scheme is incredibly relevant to today uh, it's quite timeless because it's in a in grayscale it's obviously pre-tag which is pretty cool um and yeah just overall i think it's a really cool offering you've got the crown at nine which is the proper like Hoya racing vibes with the Steve McQueen Monaco. Uh, and yeah, it's a, a nice bit of history. Uh, a surprising price since so many historic watches have gone crazy recently. Yeah. Price-wise, it's still quite surprising that you can find cool watches from brands like this. So not, not too crazy prices. Beautiful watch, of course. It's the last year, it's isn't also it? Of, uh, under yeah. the 3K budget. It is under the 3K budget. It's the last year, of course, of um, of, of Hoya. So a little bit like sort of I don't know, like Porsche 993, the the last of the um, yeah, uh, called Porsches. Mm -hmm. um, I really, really like that watch. It's got a few. That particular one does have a few scratches on it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Looking particularly sort of next scars. to the crown. It's been battle worn. Um, you know, I'd say not a deal breaker because, you know, they're not so conspicuous. Lovely watch. I really, really like it. I'm the, the proud owner of a Ortavia currently. So makes me very, very torn as to which one I would personally go for. 
I think in this instance, simply because I already have one Ortavia, if it were me, I would go with the Seamaster because of course I've not not got one of those. So um, uh, we'll get John's view later on. Um, but they're both excellent, excellent choices. Yeah, that's uh, a good round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hard, the strongest, strongest round so far. I'd go for both, I think. We said I want yeah, both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, they're really cool. And I like that we've, we've, we're quite similar with the kind of grey theme as well. Yeah. My grey th theme continues. Yeah, and it's interesting because there's, you know, 40 years between the watches almost. Mm -hmm. So to yeah, see definitely. very similar colorings and, and style used is Can't cool. wrong with grey. Yeah. It looks fantastic on the... Um, the brown rally strap, the uh, the final photograph when it's sitting yeah. on top of the passport. It's yeah, cool. very cool. Um, nice really, choice. really, really like that choice. Excellent choice. Beautiful. Really, really. Hey, uh, do you want choice. me to reveal my 12K choice? Please do. Uh, 12K. Uh, who mentioned 12? Is it 12? Uh, so because, I, I, had, I, I see 10 written in front of me. No, so I'd gone for 500, 5K, 10K, 20K. Um, so I I bent the rules. Oh, no, now now I've reverted because I've seen how evil Tim was to bend the rules. So I didn't want to be you know, <laughs> that guy. But I still have an interesting watch to share. So I might as well do Let's it. Let's see it. Let's see it. Um, yeah, yeah. I can find a link. So we're doing 12K now, are we? The rule book has gone well out of well, It was 10K and way, then, I, then I broke my own... One. Uh, I just need to research it because I seem to have closed it. Give me a sec. Yeah, it seems to be um, strong rounds so far. Very, very strong rounds. There is no sight of a rule book anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> sort of. Um, John, of course, is our boss, and he's gone. And so, of course, the minute the the way, <laughs> etc., etc., all the rules go out the window. But yeah. Okay. So here is a. Link. Oh, here's your thirteen thousand pound choice. Cool. So okay, yeah, not, not, not quite 12. No, not Just quite 12. But it is cool. But it is cool. You can find these for 10. Go on, Ben. Not at this moment on Corona 24, you can't. So I've been betrayed um, somewhat. But yeah, this watch, if you can get it for around 10, or even at this price, uh, presents incredibly, incredibly, incredible uh, value in like hort horology terms. So this is a Ardmas Piguet star wheel. Uh, it's from the 90s, which I think is a really interesting era for watchmaking that can get overlooked. Um, one of my top grails, which is the Chopard 1860, which I've talked about before, was released in the 90s as well. Um, hmm. It was really a time for experimentation. And yeah, I don't think it's very well almost known like watches like this exist no. so you've got the wandering hours complication which is you you've also got the slight open working from the front um so essentially as you see there's a zero to 60 track which is the minutes and then it will point the relevant hour um to the minutes so in that first image it's reading 7:45 as the time uh and then as the as the time revolves all those little discs click around um so that the hour is you know presented correctly so quite an interesting, amazing, kind of mechanical marvel at the price at the price point. You've got the guilloche uh, dial as well, and it's also in gold, solid gold. So a question I've always had about watches such as those, which are, I would love to have a watch like that one day. How how vulnerable are they? How much do you have to look after it? Is it 
a wearable watch or is it something that you really have to be quite careful with? Um, for me, obviously, I, I don't have it. I haven't owned it, so I can't speak from experience, but I wouldn't think that they'd be too vulnerable. The one complication is, yeah, it depends what you're doing. I mean, it's a dress watch, so you wouldn't wear it yeah. like football. Um, <laughs> but, you know, in the office, I think that sometimes people can be overprotective of watches, especially high price point watches, because they are, as well as being valuable, they are obviously valuable for a point. So they're built to high standards. Yeah. And even though, obviously, if you do, unfortunately, mess something up, it would be expensive to fix, but they shouldn't mess up if you, if you know what i mean so yeah, as long as you wear much. it appropriately to the office or whatever um i, I wouldn't have any worries about something like that mm. at all because of course concealing the cars and watches theme um the way to sort of keep a classic car going the way to look after a classic car is really to drive to it quite it. a yeah. lot they don't really sort of appreciate being left yeah. hanging around and exactly. would, would you would you say it's, it's it's the same same for a watch really Similar, yeah. I mean, if you if you leave a watch to sit for a very very long time, the the lubrication and the movement could, I don't know, either dry up or go bad. Essentially, like age, um, and then it's. I mean, you you want to keep things moving yeah, with it. You want to keep things moving, but then also if you keep something on a watch winder for ten years, it could end up getting you know, that will be wear anyway because it's all moving parts. So yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's just a fine balance. Like you don't want to go smashing it around, but as long as you keep it going, you probably still need to service it every five or 10 years, but that just, it's just part of the, part of the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It depends on the condition you got it in as well. If it was pristine yeah. to start with, you might want to keep it that way, but if it's got a few scars, then you exactly. can wear it and it's probably not going to harm the value too much. Absolutely beautiful watch. Um, I, I love the idea of, um, buying something like this if you've suddenly got an unexpected sum of money falling into your lap because mm. yes <laughs> it's something that you otherwise wouldn't have yeah exactly. it's not necessarily the watch you'll choose for yourself but there's something about that look yeah uh, the the complication the whole haute horlogerie that is just incredibly indulgent it's a magnificent showcase they do good to mm. beautiful choice. commemorate events in your life and things like that um because obviously it's not a watch that you wear every day it might be your your special watch so if you you know got it for graduating university or hitting a certain milestone in your life it would always remind you of that and kind of the effort that's gone into the creating this watch which as you know you can tell from the watch is very high end then that kind of reflects whatever effort you've put into those achievements in your life as well wonderful Wonderful choice. So did you prepare a 12K watch, Tim? Uh, I didn't, unfortunately. I prepared a 10,000 choice. Okay. But, uh, but you, get, you get extra credit for sticking uh, to the rules. Uh, I think, oh, you know, we, can't, you we, can't, we can't compare what's going to happen. Well, hey, I'm going to have a 10K choice as well. This, this oh, was yeah, my, okay. This, okay, was this, my, is bonus. this was my 2K choice originally. Oh, uh, so, no, you're playing so, with the rules. So, oh, so, so that, that doesn't come into the... Uh, the war. We need a this referee is, on this. this my, my, my this head is, just, is swimming with numbers. At the <laughs> this moment. is just extra, extra watch bonus goodness. Right, you know? Okay. Let's so stay on this, track with what stay on track. we know. Tim, 10K. That is 10 followed by three zeros. Mm -hmm. Mine is Just 10 clarity. followed by five zero zero. But I think that's okay. It's the Bulgari Opto Finissimo Chronograph GMT. Let's take a look. This is a watch that retails for 15,600. 
it was released last year and you can only get them on Chrono 24 wow. for about 10k. I can't believe that. Is it from it's, Russia? <laughs> no, it's, I think it's from the US, that listing. Hmm. Uh, I did see a few others a few weeks ago that were uh, UK-based as well um, and were the similar sort of price. Um, so yeah, this this watch was released, as we said, last year at Baselworld. Um, we were fortunate enough to get hands-on with it, which I think really helped me fall in love with first the Octo Finissimo case, but then also this this version of it as well, because it's the thinnest chronograph and GMT. It's it's I think it's just under seven. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the side shot now. Wow. Yeah, I'll um I'll send you another link. So yeah, there's a link to our coverage of it. Um, and yeah, there's just so much to love with this watch. The, the bracelet's incredible. Uh, the chronograph pushers are incorporated into the case. So they're almost, they're almost half case. Well, they're a third case, a third crown guard in a way, and then a third the pushers. Um, and then on the other side of the case, you have the button for the GMT hand. Um, it's, it's a ridiculous watch. The movement's about three mil thick. Um, it doesn't really feel like you're wearing it, which is a shame because you want to just look at it every day and you want to appreciate it all the time. Um, it's a large watch. It's 42 mil, but it really doesn't feel like... You, I don't think width kind of comes to mind when you're wearing this watch because there's all the other dimensions are like insanely good. Um, but... It's yeah, it's just such a, a special watch on the wrist, um, and it's a it's a new design as well. It's obviously Bulgari have um, bought the rights to Genta and all this sort of stuff, but they've made this watch look really modern, um, and I like that. I like that it's out of the ordinary. It's not a watch that's got vintage design or whatever. It's it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is as we've said, I think time and time again. This is really a watch to be seen, and you've had the the good fortune to have done so. I've not. Yeah. Um, it's a really uh, cool watch. It, it looks like something crazy. something really quite out there. And, and also goes back to that grey theme that it's it's very similar in tonality to that um, that Hoya from earlier. Grey theme continues. Yep, definitely. And for I mean, you can see you're saving five thousand six hundred pound like on retail price. So the savings crazy on it. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe it's that price. Yeah, I think some of the time-only Octo Finissimos are like competing with Datejusts in terms of the price. Right. Interesting. So um, Not good if you bought it now. No, not great. Although I, it's a sort of watch, I think, when it was released, yeah, you probably, it's one of those where you kind of assume that it's probably not really worth buying it new because it's it's a bit out yeah. there and it's a little bit different. So True. the market might take a while to adjust to it and... You know, people like you said, Anthony. You haven't seen it in person. You you really do need to see it in person because yeah, I'd love I know to see many many people will feel the same with that. It's hard to commit to because it's quite different. So I think that looks absolutely stunning. Really, really amazing. So I'll be wearing that while I'm driving my Defender. That'd be me. That's that's a silly contrast, isn't it? That's an odd <laughs> mix. Yeah, that is definitely a contrast. Uh, a defender driving Octo Finissimo wearer. I think that puts you into a um, subset of. It's well, similar one, to one the Rainbow <laughs> Daytona in the living room, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, similar. Yeah. It's good to be rocking a truly unique look <laughs> without a shadow of doubt. Um, ben, how do you compete okay. with this? So mine, £400 cheaper. 
Ah, cheaper. That's Closer not a word budget. I normally associate with you. Closer yeah, to the budget. Is. It's almost like you're playing within the rules. Yeah, not a word I associate with you. Ah. Uh, we spoke about this recently, didn't so we? So, a watch that we yeah. spoke about recently, yes. Um, so, this is their Breguet tradition. Um, so, this is one of the manual wound versions with the 37mm case. Uh, rose gold movement, rose gold case with a black dial. Um, so, I've seen one, some of these dial, watches. Yeah, a very small black dial. Uh, <laughs> I've seen some of these watches in person recently, and they are really incredible. Um, they retail for a lot more than 10k so the fact that you can find them secondhand around there is really impressive the finishing on the movement is crazy and obviously because of the open working on the dial in the front and the back it's even more of a, a careful finish and you know put together <laughs> from breguet um, mm. because if there were any slips or anything you know there would be imperfections seen not just on the back side but also the front side um, so there's yeah, also exactly. really great history with this watch where the, the, the wheels, the, the wheel train on the front of the dial. So as you can see with the balance, um, going through to the various wheels are presented in the same way that the subscription watches or subscription pocket watches that Breguet offered, which I think was in the 1800s. Um, the movement architecture is based on those, uh, pocket watches from back then. Really, I guess you need the manual wind for that, don't you, just to feel that connection? Yeah, yeah. So I tried on both. Um, I do really like the automatic versions of these watches have the retrograde um, seconds instead of the power reserve, and that okay. looks really cool. Um, but the automatic movement is not as impressive looking, I think, as the manual wound, and it's also not as involved. Um, but for this one, yeah, to be able to know that you're powering the movement and you can see all the way through. You can yeah, see the incredible finishing and also after trying it on the watch, which is kind of counter to what you may think where obviously the dial's really small on this. You might think that it would wear very small, but the case is, well, the lugs are quite long and the case is so finely machined with the, everything that's going on that it actually seemed to wear bigger. And they've also got the presence of the gold being obviously heavier than steel. So the, the watch, even the 37 mil, feels quite substantial. Um, mm, it's quite so expansive. That, yeah, it really, really felt like the perfect size and just an incredible offering for that price. I especially love the rose gold. Mm, nice. Reminds me Not of bad. independent watches such as Romain Gauthier and other things like yeah. that, which would be yeah, you know, far, far more expensive than 10K. Yeah, I'd have to not buy the Porsche and yeah. be fond to one of them. Beautiful choice. Ben, it's not quite the um, same price point, but not dissimilar. W would you rather have the Breguet than the, than the AP, that were the star wheel we were looking at earlier, or given the choice between the two? That's a good question. It's tricky, yeah. <laughs> They're very kind of similar in concept going for that hor horology thing. I think I would rather have the Breguet. Um, the star wheel came to me first, and I hadn't considered the Breguet until now, uh, as I've tried to stick to the rules. Um, and after seeing the Breguet in person, I, I really prefer the, the more open-worked look of being able to see everything through the dial side, but then also have the hand-wound capabilities so that the movement isn't masked by rotor. Um, this watch, even though the other one is pretty crazily dressy, this one's even probably more so. Um, 
So this would definitely be a you know special occasion watch, but I think that I don't know, a watch like this would probably be my only watch, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Take that to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't wear a watch at the beach. <laughs> Tim, if those two, the, the Breguet and the AP, were laid out in front of you and you could only leave the room with one, which would be coming away on your wrist? Um, I didn't think you'd throw the question over to me. That's quite a hard one. Um, I, I think the AP stands out a little bit more just because it's it is a little bit more unique and i know both are very unique but i think the ap just has that look uh, you can get the breguet aesthetic in other watches and you may have to pay more to get it but you can can get it whereas the ap i just think it stands out more i think there's it's interesting you've got a lot more moving parts or, or as you've got equal amount of moving parts there's the interesting movement on the dial um and it's not like anything else i've seen um, and I think when you find that in a watch, I think that's that's something to consider and shouldn't be ignored. I agree with you, Tim. It's something that you've put in words far more eloquently, but there's something about the AP that just somehow speaks to me more. I couldn't mm. even, um, without thinking about it for a long time, even tell you what it is straight away. But but just 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 the whole thing together does 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 very much speak to me in that way. Um, yeah, I, I think. I think you'd get more people asking questions if you had that on your wrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's probably what it is. So it looks like we've uh, we've come to an end of this competition, and it's it's hard to declare a win on the watchers. I think Tim, unfortunately, you're going to have to fall on your sword with the cars. They didn't go down well, did they? That's okay. I know more about watches, so I'm happy. Um, but but <laughs> but the watchers the have, have come out very well, and uh, we have a sort of like a, a surprise. I think we have a surprise. Is it a surprise winner? I think of all the watches we've discussed, it's that AP that we were talking about at the end that speaks to me most. Hmm. No, yeah. I don't. I. I, I don't know if I'd still prefer the Octo from Bulgari. No, the, that's that's. Is that your number one? We, we, we were just we we're just saying sort of um, Ben as 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 we wrap up this particular podcast. I think sort of if we sort of like looking at um, some of the choices have been made. I think. Um, with the cars, I think your selection of cars, that's 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 pretty much got a universal thumbs up. The watches are, are much harder to call, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, if, I think if my taste in watches is slightly questionable for some people as well. Because <laughs> some people prefer more of an understated watch or more of a useful watch. But yeah, I'm, I'm more I, I do have, um, I do have one <laughs> honourable mention. Well, two actually. One of my honourable mentions for the 10k budget was a 1016 Explorer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you couldn't get a gloss star; you'd have to get a matte. But I thought it was a bit safe and a bit obvious. I would have scored a few points with John, obviously, because it's an Explorer. But thought it was a bit too obvious. Uh, and then the second honourable mention was also from Rolex, and it's the 6305 Waffle Dial Datejust in I think, the Overton. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is one that me and Ben saw in London a few years ago, and I think we were both starstruck when we saw it. It's probably the yeah. Yeah, thing. It was just insane. insane. Yeah, um, it's, it's what is normally quite a traditional watch in the date yep. just 
there's so many unique touches in this that make it there are, aren't stand it out. Looks, it looks like not a date just basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, yeah. I think it's a roulette date wheel. Uh, you've got the white gold fluted bezel, but but it's a slightly different fluted bezel than than others. Yeah, it's a bit. It's like fine. Bit thinner flutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, alpha style hands. You've got those pointed indices. Thicker um, case. I think it was using the bubble back movement at this time. Oh, okay, right. And there's a honeycomb dial as well. Um, you've got the red. You hard to see in that picture, but there is date just at the top of the watch. That's actually in red. Okay. Like um, of a cyclops. Have you talked about that? There is no cyclops. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Um, and it's a Swiss only dial. Yeah. How much do you think you can pick up one of those for, Tim? Um, I've seen them on Chrono Twenty Four, and they come and go. But I, I think they're around ten thousand. On Chrono 24 is. I think the one in auction we saw, Ben, went for more than that because it had a jubilee mm. and was kind of everything. For the amount of detail in a vintage Rolex piece, I think these are slightly underrated or not not just very widely known. So obviously you, mm. they, you've got the honeycomb dialed, like the old um, Milgausses and stuff like that, which go for crazy money. Yeah. They're, um, they're but for this to be a variant of, you know, one of their most successful lines, and yeah, it's still be, you know, I mean, 10K isn't cheap compared to what they retailed at, but I think it offers a lot of value for, for people to get into that vintage Rolex kind of collecting space. Yeah, well, if you compare it to a vintage sub from like 60s, like a yeah. 5513, which is like 15K plus or whatever, I, 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 most people wear a date just, just at the office and every day and stuff. You could do that with this watch and it would still survive. Yeah. So that's an honorable, honorable mention from me. Nice. Really an honourable mention and a fantastic way to draw this week's proceedings for a close. Um, I think we all uh, loved all the watches. There were some questionable cars, um, <laughs> but the watches were amazing and we certainly finished on a high note. Join us again next week and we'll be delving more into the world of watches with myself, Anthony, Tim, Ben and John. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Time to Unwind podcast. If you enjoyed listening, We'd love to hear from you. So please leave your ratings of the show through your podcast app. And be sure to reach out on social media at WatchGecko with your thoughts. Adding a rating and a comment really does help the podcast, so we'd be grateful for your support. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>